Welcome to Public Showering, created by me, Sophie Duncan. This is the only podcast designed specifically for pole artists, aerialists, and movers of all kinds who want to learn how to build amazing choreography, tell your stories, and be the best performer you can be. Part of my Sadasi creative coaching system, I'll help you unlock your full fierce and creative selves using professional dance, theater, choreography, and circus tools, plus a hint of real life backstage stories and some simple confidence boosting skills. Okay, my friends, welcome to another episode of Public Souring. It has been an absolutely insane few weeks. So many incredible competitions have been down, and one of them was Paula. And at that competition, I met for the first time in her beautiful human form, Vernia Noble. <laughs> <laughs> and here she is. So, how are you, my gorgeous human? I'm 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 very good and I'm much better that some of the competitions are out of the way and <laughs> I can actually have a chilled week I know, <laughs> for a long time. I know. So I mean both of us because this is Tuesday and for all that were there on Saturday was the first ever Elite Pole Championships and well it was it was a vibe, wasn't it? <laughs> it was insane. It was literally insane. And it was <laughs> the backstage was so good. Uh yeah, it was it, it was fantastic you know and it was so good to see so many faces that i hadn't seen in a long time so yeah it was amazing yeah was really i mean we can definitely get stuck right into that in a little bit but like i have to say like massive shout out to jade and stacy because that competition was just so yeah. it was yeah. it just felt completely different didn't it It didn't feel like yeah yeah it was it was it was brilliant you know like to be honest i have been in their competitions in the past um, and I always felt that it's really well run. And I have been to a few competitions abroad and it, it always goes really well. The times are so you, you can plan, you know, like I'm not much of a heavy planner, <laughs> but there are some people, they are heavy planners. And I think they were probably very secure. It's like, OK, everything's happening when it should be happening. So, um, yeah, it was, it's just so well run, which yeah. is incredible. It's what you need when you're there because you've got so many variables to worry about. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah, let's get stuck right into all of that stuff in a little bit. So let's do this yeah. thing. So I always stress people out, people out of here, but I'm going to do it to you too. You're going to tell me your entire life story in 90 seconds, which is really oh, exciting. Shoot. I know. Don't <laughs> worry. So every time I do this with people, they always get everything done in about a minute. So you actually have more time than you think. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I know. So if I give you a little countdown, can you tell the world who you are in 90 seconds? Yeah. Yeah, I'm uh, ready. She's ready. All right. Three, two, one, go. I'm Vanya Noble. I'm originally from Brazil. Uh, I am passionate and I love pole dance. I've loved to dance my whole life. I moved to the UK 17 years ago. Uh, I own my own studio and I'm really proud of teaching most of my students. And I love teaching. I love watching people's journeys. And I'm a cat lover. I've got three <laughs> cats and um, and I'm married to Roy, who's always been supportive of me my whole um, my whole life, to be honest. And I love the UK and I love traveling and I love Thailand. Oh, my God. Thanks so much. <laughs> you still, you've still got 45 seconds. All right. Tell me, more oh, about, okay. tell me more about your studio. Tell me more about the studio. All right. So I started dancing when I was uh, nine. No, I was 12 years old. I always wanted to dance, but my parents could never afford it. And I remember my first ballet lesson. I did it in socks because the teacher felt so sorry because I kept watching through the window. She Aww. goes, do you want to join just for once? And I was like, yes, please. 
So she made me take my shoes off and I went and I did my first ballet lesson. Uh, but then my parents, you know, needed to save up a little bit for me to start. And and here I am, you know, like dance has always been in my veins. Oh my god, that is so cute. Well, okay, I, I feel know. like you've told me your life story. It was it was it was one minute in twenty seconds. I actually had ten seconds more. Right. <laughs> <laughs> ten seconds more. So my studio is in Worcestershire in West Midlands. Um <laughs> I've had the studio for ten years now. Oh wow. And I love what I do. I absolutely love what I do. You know, like I love competing, I love being on stage, but I love coming on a Monday and seeing people being inspired and feeling more confident about themselves. It's just it's priceless. Do you think, because actually later this week, I also will be um, uh, having some fun with Lizette Kroll, who is obviously yes. like iconic. Do you think it's mm-hmm. a Latino thing that actually it just is this like we are passionate about everything always? <laughs> yes, you know, because I think when we put our minds to something, we are very fiery. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And like, oh God, it was it was really fun because I mean, we'll get we'll talk about this more later. But like, um, pole art was the first competition I've ever judged before. So like, you were sat with me, you were you were on my right, and I was like, I have to admit, Vernia, I was a bit like, oh my God, I'm I'm sat next to royalty. <laughs> Oh, come on! <laughs> no, but then on then my other side, I had Lizette, who, like, also... And the pair of you guys, you were, like, little firebombs. And, you like, <laughs> it, it was so fun because also you totally had different... Um, vibes about what you were looking for like um Lizette was looking yeah. for things you were looking for things and then I was sat in the middle and I was looking for different things but like the pair of you what I definitely learned from this experience is that as a judge you are trying your best to give as many points away which is I guess I think that's what judges probably do but it I didn't realize that it's not like you're trying to take points away from people you're trying to give Oh gosh, yes. You're trying to. I mean, personally, when I'm watching somebody, I'm trying to see the most positive that I possibly can in their piece. Yeah. Do you know? So it's yes, every piece is going to have some flaws or some, you know, issues that may have happened only on stage that may never have happened in their studio, which is most likely more often than not, this is what happens. Yeah. Uh, But you know, you're trying to find that juicy. What brought (laughs) that person to the stage? You know, that that juice. And then you go, oh yeah, there there, there it was. You know, like they had that fantastic combo or they had that like that expression or that emotion that they brought it across so there is always something that is quite you know like it's in their gut so you just have to feel and try to find out what was in their gut that brought them to stage oh that's lo- I love that analogy like I think this is yeah this is your like Latino flow because I do think like do you find that maybe you you seem to ooze a sense of confidence, which I feel like maybe actually British British competitors don't necessarily have. Like, I think as a nation, we like to sort of apologise for being good, apologise oh for being bad. Oh, my God, don't get me started. Don't get me started. <laughs> I say to my students, uh, I mean, I've been here for 17 years. So quite frankly, I'm... I'm I don't know if you've ever watched that film, Australia. Um, <laughs> but if you did watch it... you know, like with, it, um, t- what's her name? Nicole Kidman's in it. Yes, yeah, yes. Okay, yeah. And there's this little boy that he's not Aboriginal and he's not whitey, then he calls himself creamy. And after I watched that film, I'm like, I'm, I'm proper creamy. I'm not black. <laughs> I'm not white. I'm not English. I'm not Brazilian anymore. I'm <laughs> bloody in the middle of everything. Um, <laughs> creamy. Oh, I love that. Oh. So, um, yeah, so that I say to my students sometimes, it's like, guys, it's not criticism to you, British people, but stop being sorry for being alive. <laughs> Do you know, like, because it's like, oh, I'm sorry, I breathed. 
It's okay, you know. <laughs> You're so oh, right, Vernia. <laughs> oh, yeah, like I'm spotting people. They go, oh, I'm so sorry. Sorry for what? You know, like just get back on that freaking pole and try again. It's fine. <laughs> you know, it's so true, actually. Like, I mean, I... I try my best to try not to be that person because I, I know that I definitely have, maybe when I was a bit younger, apologised for just getting things wrong or whatever. And then at some point, I yeah, guess yeah, I just yeah. learned to drop it. And I don't know when that happened. I guess it's just good that I learned to drop it. But and not all the time. I definitely still apologise for... Oh, I'm, I, I, I do as well. Don't get me wrong. And I think it's a little bit of... Um, uh, it is confidence as well, you know. Yeah. Like, And also, I always felt like as a child, you're always on the way of someone. So you're always like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm on your way or... I'm sorry that I'm not doing this as you expect me to because mm. I think everybody has that sensation and have that feeling that they need to be accepted yeah. by someone or by something and and that's part of the problem because you always feel in a way that you're not cutting that expectation um so it's it's natural it's just a human being thing that's, um, tr- but, that's so true actually that's a really interesting what you say about acceptance actually because it it is funny like we I think we go through life always trying to find our tribe don't we like and whether it's like yeah yeah going to the gym or just meeting a new group of people for the first time like I don't know about you yeah. like if you meet a brand new set of people that you've never met even if it's in poll do you get like basically introduction anxiety where you're just like I'm going to sit here and I'm going to learn and try and be as friendly as I can with everyone but in my mind I'm on, I'm shitting my pants right now because I don't know how to behave this is me every time yeah well I I don't get <laughs> I'm not sure how old you are, but I am. I've got a few years in the old enough now, um, and I don't think I don't get that much uh, anxiety in that sense. But I do quiet down a little bit to watch what's going on around me. Um, but yes, you, you know, like, and then it's knowing how much can you expose and how much can can you really be yourself in that group, or can you not be yourself in the sense of. I'm never going to be what I'm not, but you expose as much as, as of you mm-hmm. as you feel comfortable to at the time. So, yes, there is that kind of judging period, you know, like a risk assessment. <laughs> <laughs> that is and amazing. then you go, oh, that's fine. You know, like, no, that's OK. I can be me and people are not going to judge me. Mm-hmm. Not that I do care much about people judging me, but I don't share my opinions with people that don't deserve my opinions if that makes any sense oh, I know, love like... you so much Fernia. like I've never thought about you know what I'm gonna instead of saying that like, I get social anxiety I'm like no no I'm just doing my risk assessment I exactly <laughs> you have literally that's the quote of the century right now that is so good I love that okay <laughs> right okay I want to cycle back for a second because this is giving me like Billy Elliot vibes so you said like <laughs> you um you wanted to try ballet when you were sort of 12 and you were you were yeah. offered some socks from the teacher like can you tell me about that moment because that is so yeah, pure um, I can't um, I mean my I come from a very very poor upbringing do you know like very poor mm-hmm. uh, like literally my mom used to keep us in bed uh, for as long as possible so we wouldn't have breakfast that, oh wow that poor. holy um, yeah, so, uh, you know, like my mom tells us nowadays that she used to boil an egg and then just cut it in half so she could have it for breakfast and lunch, you know, so it, it was that poor. And then, but my parents were like, that's why my mom, she's one of my, she's a goddess, you know, because, Absolutely. and my grandmother, I've got a really strong female image in my, you know, like mm. um, model in my family, you know, like everybody worked really hard to get everything they wanted, you know, so it was not, nothing was handed out to us. Um, 
so yeah and then i grew up but my parents they saved all of their money to send us to private school which is crazy because no. we hardly could eat but they sent me and my brother to private school but they couldn't keep it for the whole time and i suffered loads of bullying because i was the daughter of a cleaner you know like so people are like what are you doing here you shouldn't be here and and basically my parents couldn't pick me up from school because they were working all day so i used to just hang at school until they could actually come and pick me up i used to oh. be like there for one or two or three hours yeah and next door to the school that i used to go to there used to be a club and I was, I've always been this way. I could, cannot sit still. So I used to kind of sneak out of school without anybody noticing. And I got so many calls. My mom, I think she used to hate me. That's why I don't have children, because I think I would have the demon. Um, so I snuck out and I used to go and watch the ballet um, class every, I can't even remember, once or twice a week. And I used to be in my uniform and I used to be sitting outside and I used to watch every time. And the teacher got so fed up of me watching that she said, do you want to take your shoes off and then just do it in your socks? But oh. just once. And I was, I don't know, you know, like I must have been like six or seven. Um, my brother played football from a young age, but football mm. doesn't cost anything in Brazil. But mm. ballet costs a lot of money. Yes. And I was like, oh, yes, please. And... And I loved it. And but I still didn't go to dance for another three years because it was only when my parents could actually afford. Wow. And I've always loved dance. I always wanted to be a dancer. You know, like that's all I wanted. And I remember when I had to stop because mm. when I was 19, um, I my parents, you know, my mom always pushed me to um, not to be a dancer, but to me to do something that I actually enjoyed. So she would work really hard for me to have the money to go and do it mm. when I started it was too late for ballet so I started with jazz and oh, then cool. <laughs> yeah so I started with jazz and then the teachers were like okay so you need some ballet foundation so instead of going to ballet class like the years that you normally do I just went to the group that people that had already done all the nine years mm. and they were just refreshing oh, so I had yeah. to learn really quick you yes. know like <laughs> yeah yeah um but for me, you know, ballet was more of a foundation. And then what I fell in love with uh, really was later on, which was contemporary. Mm. Um, and then I did contemporary dance until I was 19. And then the school, I got a scholarship for a company. Oh, my God, I'm so happy for you. Yay! <laughs> I know, but I couldn't take it. I couldn't actually take it no! because, uh, yeah, I because of financial, you know, I needed oh to bring God. money home. Vi I couldn't Vernia, just... You're literally pulling at my heartstrings so hard right now. I'm literally scratching my sternum just like, oh, my God. It, it was this really is hard. A story. So, yeah. So I, didn't, I never even... But I, you know, like obviously my mum knows it nowadays, but at the time, I was so... I've My mum always said that I, I was born... With, with the head of a 40 year old um, and literally I was 19 and they were offering me this scholarship they go look you don't have to pay anything we'll pay cover all of the costs of your dance all of your traveling costs and everything mm. but you do need to teach a couple of classes to young uh, ballet um, dancers wow. and I was like yeah and I went back home and I was like I can't even ask my mom that and I just couldn't and I just never even asked her I just turned it away and then I learned <sighs> English really really like I learned English quite to a, a good level for me to start teaching English and bring home money which is what we needed no way that I mean yeah. that that must have been an incredibly tough decision for you to make it was it was to a point that um if people asked me to go and watch a ballet or showcase or something I could not go oh. I just couldn't go do you know when you have to close the door to something because yeah. you're going it's just painful to be around it oh. so it was painful to be around it and then eventually you heal because 
I think you choose to live life in a happy way or in a negative and sad way. Mm. You know, like there are happiness everywhere that you go. It doesn't have to be like dance was actually my passion, mm. but you can be happy doing anything. You know, like I, I've been happy cleaning bathrooms. So, <laughs> you know, you make your job a happy place, not the job makes you happy. Do you know what I mean? It has to be you as well. So I think um, that's an incredibly strong thing to say because it, it is hard. I think there's a lot of people like on the other end of, of Public Shower and Podcast that is, is hearing what you're saying and it's like, it is, I find it really difficult sometimes when like, um, I mean, like, I never had to make a decision that hard in my life. Uh, very, I'm not. I I don't think I would have been able to make that decision. I would have just scholarship. I'd be like, I'm sorry, mom. This is what's happening. But like, I feel like there's definitely times in my life where I think you don't actually realise how happy you can be by just doing the, a different thing and letting that sit over there sometimes. Because I think we don't always take stock. Like all these stories of you telling, like your mum's literally having to split eggs for breakfast and stuff. Like, I guess like. You just you just don't realize what you have sometimes because mm-hmm. sometimes your goal is so like there you like sometimes let things like pass by Sleep. and you forget yeah, yeah. you forget yeah. that you've got yeah. friends you forget that you can eat you forget that you're alive like exactly and these yeah. these are things that are actually important but I think sometimes your dreams or following your dream is a thing that we're all told that we need to do like especially in sort of Western world we are told that you follow your dreams and you commit to your dream no matter what but actually maybe that's not always the best thing all the time. Um, do you, again, it just birth. comes with age. I think the purpose of being alive is being alive. That's the purpose. <laughs> you know, the purpose of being a human being is being a human being. You know, there's a lot of people romantic, like they, they make this romantic idea of what life should be like. No, life is actually waking up and brushing your teeth and doing things and uh, socializing and talking to people that you love and sharing your, and then it starts again like you're washing basket you know you wash it and then you come back and then the clothes are there again and then you have to clear it up again and it's just that cycle and that circle that comes around all the time and yeah you know you have to find just i'm not even going to say happiness you just find to you need to find contentment just be mm. content with what you've got sometimes and mm. you know but yes you know like I think that's such a such a lovely pure thing to say, and I think also it definitely comes from someone that literally grew up with nothing. I think it's very easy for people to sort of even like okay, I didn't grow up, I didn't grow up in poverty. That's definitely not what happened, but I didn't grow up in a rich family. I just grew up in a working class family. Like my dad was a builder, my mum was a teacher. Like we had a house. Luckily, I didn't need anything. Like it was there, but I grew up in a pretty humble world, really. But like even that. Like, even I have to remember to remind myself that actually I grew up with privilege compared to other people in a very big way. Okay, so what I want to ask now then is, after you had to turn down that incredible scholarship, what what happened? So you said that you were teaching English at this point. Yeah, that's right. So basically, uh, when I met uh, my husband at the time, well, my husband now, <laughs> but at the time was just someone who I met online, um, I then learned English, which is, it's very bizarre. I, I actually met my husband online. Okay. Um, and he's tw- English? 20 years ago. Yes, 20 years oh. ago. It was when WhatsApp was not even around. There was no, it literally was in a all chat room. No <laughs> I way, to, that's yeah. amazing. <laughs> Blast from the past for all those kids out there, AOL. 
Do you remember that buzz that brr, brr, ding, 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 Exactly, ding. yes. Do you remember the internet when they used to make that noise, that, that connection? It was, was it DSL that they used to call it? So, uh, yes. Yeah, the dial-up tone, um, the dial-up tone. Yes, yes, exactly. So, uh, yeah, so I met him back then and we chatted for a long time and I learned English with him. And then, so basically, um, when I actually rejected the... Um, the uh, scholarship mm. my English was much better uh, and then I applied for a job in a language school in Brazil that only taught English as a second language and then I started teaching and then that brought me to my realization now at 40 that it's not about I do love dance and I do, but I am in nature a teacher ah so, interesting I used to teach English as a second language and I loved it. You know, I used to love being around people. I used to love seeing people grow. And I used to love when people used to come back to me and go, oh, my God, I actually got that job offer because they could express themselves and they could speak English. Because obviously in, in most countries, if you speak English, you have more opportunity for job, you know, mm-hmm. jobs. And yeah. Um, so, yeah. And then I, I actually I was obviously I missed dance yeah. and I always wanted to get back to it. But then by the time I was making more money and I actually was helping my mom and I had spare money, uh, I couldn't uh, take the dance lessons. <laughs> it was, it was amazing feeling, you know, but I could not take the dance lessons because most adult dance lessons are in the evening. Mm. So then, and that's when most of the, uh, classes happened, you know, like the English classes for uh, English as a second language in the evening. So it was just one of those, you know, like, again, <laughs> you either choose working or you choose to take your, yeah. choose to take your dance lessons. So, yeah. Um, so then, uh, but I was happy, you know, and then in 2007, um, I made, we made the decision of me coming over uh, because my husband has a son and obviously for him it was harder to move than for me. I, mm. You know, I, but it was hard because I am a very, very family oriented kind of person. So it was hard leaving my family yeah, back in Brazil. Sure. Yeah, um, I know. Because I mean, my um, I have worked with quite a few uh, Brazilian friends, especially when I was working in Macau in, in Dragon. And um, I always loved like whenever we had our like sort of show breaks, they would go back. Oh, yeah, I'm going to go see my family. And when, when I think I'm going to see my family, I'm thinking like my mom, my brother and it's not around anymore, but like my dad and my, my dog. And then I go and see, like, I'm going to see my Brazilian family. There's like 50 people. <laughs> oh, gosh, yes, yes, yes. When I go to Brazil, it's never relaxing. I mean, I love them to bits, but it's never relaxing because the uncle such wants to make you dinner and then your cousin such and such wants to come and go to the beach with you. And then such and, and then it's just like, OK, who do I see today? So you have to see everyone. Um, <laughs> that sounds so tiring. That just, I mean, we all love our families, but damn. Like, do you have the same format that we do? Like, you always have the weird uncle, you have the crazy aunt, you have the like the couple that's always fighting like is, is it the same oh, setup or is it exactly different? the same all over the world the only difference between brazilians and um british families is just that it's just because brazilian families are really loud you know like we are stupidly loud it sounds like we're having fights among ourselves but actually we're just having discussions and they're healthy discussions most of the time but it sounds like we're just about to kill each other when my husband goes to Brazil he's like what's the matter who, who you know who died what's the fight all about I was like it's not a fight we're just talking <laughs> we just said hi to each other we had a great day yeah <laughs> When I went to Greece and when I went to Italy, I can't stand, I, I can't oh, understand Greek it's or Italian. But it's exactly the same. It's like, mommy! Uh. <laughs> no, it's the same. And also with um, in China as well, like 
Chinese is such a beautiful language when it's spoken calmly and quiet. Like I love the sound of it. It, it, it honestly, like it, it's that it's that perfect sound. It's very like poppy and it's gorgeous. But on the streets of China and Macau, where everyone is just shouting in Cantonese, honestly, <laughs> you would think they were tell, telling each other to like just completely go go fuck themselves all the time. And it's like yeah. it's not. It's not. <laughs> They're just saying like, "Hey, what's up? Yeah, okay, I'll see you later." And it just sounds so aggressive. But I wonder. <laughs> I don't know. Before you, I mean, I mean, obviously your English is, is amazing now. But like before you knew English, do we sound the same? Do we actually have the same? I don't know. <laughs> I couldn't even tell you because in my in my social circles, I never heard English yeah. until later on in life. So I I wouldn't be able to tell you. You know, like you only knew what was on TV. Um, <laughs> I don't think you guys you you know like I think the English you sound very soft spoken to be honest Do it's we? not very I don't think it's a very aggressive language you know there's a massive distinction when there's a, an aggressive conversation and a really like just and the families here they're just so serene you know <laughs> I, I just find all, it so all the funny. British people on this are saying be like serene we are not serene <laughs> like well having said that I do kind of know. I definitely know what you mean by Siri. There's definitely a few, especially sort of older English white women that are just like, oh, uh, hi, it's so nice to see you. Hi, you know. Oh. Exactly. <laughs> Do you know what? I think one thing that I'll never forget, it was the first year that I moved here and my mom came with me that year because my husband wanted to make sure that my mom would have that peace of mind knowing that I was safe and everything. Mm. And um, so we travelled to Cornwall, but there was a... Uh, it was the worst... Um, <laughs> Uh, rain that they they had in in ages and every oh, everyone was flooded. Of course it was. And it took us. <laughs> yeah, of course. So my mom's thinking, yeah, you're very safe here. So <laughs> so it took us seven hours to get to Cornwall, and then when we got to Cornwall, we were in this B and B, and we're watching TV, and basically loads of houses were flooded. So all the furnitures had been damaged oh, in no. loads of different places in the UK. And my mom was like, what are they saying? I was like, well, mom, they lost their, their houses and they lost all of their furniture. And they're just really sorry. You know, they're very, very disappointed. And my mom was like, that's how they are disappointed? <laughs> because if you're saying this, it's like, oh, my God, my house. <laughs> you're <laughs> so, your hair you're on TV. so right. You're so right. Actually, everyone, everyone is just so solid. I'm like, I've never made that distinction until now. But next time there's something very annoying that's happening in the UK, I, you're so right. Everyone's going to be like, we're just so upset because we've lost everything and we just don't know where to go. And you would be so right. It would be like, what's oh, what's it called? Telenovela. Telenovela. Yeah, I'm like, exactly yeah. that. Like, I kind of wish we were like that. Maybe next time there's some very mediocre uh, problem, I might go full on <laughs> telenovela, like, gung, 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 gung. <laughs> I swear to God, if you look into the deaf um, reasons in Brazil, it must be one heart attack. And <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! Oh, I love it. <clears throat> Sorry. Oh man, the distinctions between Latinos and the in this English. I could talk about this forever. Right. Oh yeah, no. Uh, I want to go back for a hot second. So I think this is just like a really interesting point that like you, you sort of brought up, like having to choose between something that you something to to work that makes you happy and actually the thing that makes you happy. Because I definitely know a handful of pole dancers that have, have come to me. And again, shout out to anyone that comes to me at comps or sends me messages saying that like. Um, public showering is like something that you really you love to listen to and it's making you like think because it's honestly it it makes me so warm inside I can't even explain um but <laughs> there's definitely a handful of you out there that has mentioned to me about 
that you wish you could just pole dance all day long um, and just quit your jobs. And there's a couple of people out there that I know have been slowly transferring their day life into a pole life, but making that sort of sort of like transition. And I kind of what I want to come back to is like for you thinking about that, Venia. Like in terms of like you've had to make a decision now. Do I? give up my dream so I can actually pay for stuff or do yeah. I just like give up working and then be super super poor and just go for my dream like what's your sort of take on that because I even know a couple of people like some people necessarily um, like uh, like I hope she doesn't mind me saying this but like Lisa Lisa Hammond uh, has just been doing her masters so she's been you know she's followed her dream and she's doing her masters but it means she doesn't have as much time to be working so obviously like how would you take that as with your mature head and your experience now how how can you describe that sort of like possible transition of what you can be going through if you choose to essentially follow your I guess potentially artistic dream versus yeah. real life priorities of you know paying the rent <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's a bit tough isn't it because um I think there are so many variables around you that you do you know I can't I, I wouldn't be able to to I couldn't give a generic answer that would be not, applicable yeah. to everyone. Um, for me personally, when it came to it again, I came to the UK and I took lessons uh, in, I, I went back into dancing. So I went to the Hippodrome and they, they oh, cool. used to have adult classes. And so I started taking ballet lessons again for, you know, like it, beginners oh, wow, and I yay. started taking contemporary for beginners and then I was like I want to get good at this and I started taking contemporary for intermediate and again the teacher put together a little company that she brought to the side she was like would you like to take part and I'm like fuck this is again <laughs> like the circle is coming back and um and then there I met somebody that talked about Paul but when it came to me to make a decision because I was working in in an insurance company and then I was like should I quit my insurance job and do this for a living mm. Or should I not do it? And then for me, it was the second time in my life that I had to make the decision. So I was like, fuck yeah. it. It's now or never. <gasps> so Yay! I had to make the decision, you know. And obviously, it's a, it was different for me because I had a, amazing support from my husband. So financially, mm. I had oh, made yeah. savings. Mm -hmm. I worked my ass off to get to a point that I could make that decision. Mm -hmm. So my suggestion to everybody is get yourself a buffer work hard put money aside if you can do you know like so then at least you know that you've got somewhere to stand do you know like yeah, so yeah. but i am one of those people that i think of all the details i would hate because i hated being poor everybody mm. hates being poor but i hated not knowing if i had enough money for this and so mm. i couldn't be in that position so if i were in a position that i didn't know if i could pay my rent mm. or live my dream i'd prefer to pay my rent True. Because I mean, I've always yeah. been a poorer person. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, because I do think that, that you can find a happy medium. You can mm. work at your job unless you're extremely unhappy and have pole dance lessons. Because when you do a full transition, mm. sometimes I feel that when I do have the time, I don't have the energy to pole dance anymore. <laughs> yeah. Do you know? So it's not all just glitter. Um <laughs> It, it really isn't, you know, like mm. part of the time I'm cleaning bathrooms and I'm on the computer trying to manage the business. Oh, my God. Um, the admin about being an artist exactly. or running a company, like the hours, the hours I spend for free just sending yes, emails yes. and getting things done is just it's a yeah. nightmare. I just think that people just need to make a conscientious decision, you know, like not just be 
in dreamy land like oh yes I'm going to pole all the time and my life is just going to be up on the pole and it's going to be amazing um, so you just have to become you know you, you need to be realistic about the decision that you're making hmm. um, and as long as you've put all the you know all the points on the table and you know that realistically I'm going to have to spend a lot of time that I'm not paid for mm-hmm. realistically I'm going to have to be doing this as well as that mm-hmm. and there is parts of the job that you do not like mm-hmm. then transition do you know what I mean mm-hmm. but if you're just going to be completely not realistic about what's going to be happening after mm-hmm. then I think that's such incredibly I, you know. useful advice and I think again it's it's I think from coming from someone like you, it is. I hope that it is just really landing and settling in because this is definitely something like I have had the the fortunate life of being a performer, like at least professionally now for yeah. thirteen years. Like, and and it's. I I always say that I'm not lucky because I worked my ass up yeah. to get here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But obviously, there is. I feel like I'm lucky because it's it's. Yeah, I'm in theory living, living the dream and all this stuff. But I. Like for, for, so, so everyone knows out there. Like I, every single paycheck I get, I separate it into completely different pockets for that buffer that exactly that you're talking about. Because like, there is nothing worse than you know you've done a really fantastic contract. Like you've done maybe two or three months of a great show, or even a few years of a great show, and then you have a big hole of you know maybe it could be anything. It could be a month. It could be six months. It could be a year of not yeah. working. And then not only are you not performing or you're not doing exactly what you want, you're also now getting stressed because you're thinking, where's my money coming from? So now yeah. you have two things. Because, of course, when you're making the money and you're pole dancing or and you're performing or whatever you're doing, everything is absolutely magical. And you're like, oh, my God, my life is incredible. And then suddenly both things go away. You're like, shit. Yeah, yeah, you're like oh my god so I always do the same thing every single paycheck no matter how much it is it can be 60 quid it can be 3 grand like I will put it into I actually have 5 pockets where I send it so like sadly 20% of that is tax but you know we've all got to (laughs) we've all got to have that little little bomb but I mean yeah yeah so definitely advice for anyone out there that is interested in like you know following your dream because there's obviously loads of studio owners that have made that transition from I know having a normal job into (laughs) owning something yeah it's exactly it's it's one of the best piece of advice I've heard on public showering Varnia to make that buffer make sure you've got some support and I guess if you don't have the support you've got to figure out who is the support like yeah. Who is that coming from? Um, yeah. I want to backtrack for a second as well, because um, one thing that I'm, I guess, really passionate about in terms of, especially when it comes to competing and stuff, is, of course, with pole dancing, it comes with a price. And we all know that. And depending on how you want to compete, because I think, who was I was chatting to? I'm not sure. Actually, I think it was backstage at... Um, uh, elite this weekend so I was sat with like uh, Annie Norris and Emma Coffey and yeah. they'd obviously bought some brand new beautiful heels for their, for their routines um, yeah. and we were sort of like joking about damn like one of the reasons I don't do heels is because it's too expensive <laughs> 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 doing, yeah. doing the classic style it costs a lot so like what's what's your take because obviously like Vanya you're I mean Vanya you're so well I mean you're you're famous for all kinds of things but I mean one of them is your incredible like sexy style and the way you flow oh, oh my you. god your body oh it's amazing <laughs> um, oh, thank but you. there's something that like gets me about what I'm just calling pole poverty and it's definitely something I've, I've heard floating around of like you know 
if you've got the money to spend, I don't yeah. know, four hundred pounds on a beautiful, super studded outfit and all the heels, and then all the money to make all the privates. I mean, go forth and spend your money. Who am I to tell you otherwise? However, yeah. there's a lot of people just don't have that. That's. I don't think you need that much money to compete. No, I don't. But think that's so. my take. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, I do think that obviously I'm coming from. When I started competing, I was not necessarily like I'm, I'm now I'm talking because I've got my own studio and, and mm-hmm. obviously I do this professionally. So I've got a space that I can train. Mm-hmm. I was very lucky in the beginning because the studio that I used to go to, um, um, the owner called um, Kerry War, she was always very kind in going, yes, just come to the studio and just train. You know, so obviously that a lot of the costs can be in space for you to train. Mm-hmm. Uh, luckily, my husband learned at a very early stage that you didn't you cannot not have a space in the house for a fall <laughs> well trained so, very uh, good yes very well trained <laughs> so um but other than that you know like i've i've always watched things and i was like oh okay i want to try this well try that and and that not and if it does not suit my body because it doesn't I can't move that way organically mm. or it doesn't suit my body because and you know my anatomy does not suit that shape of yeah. that trick or anything I wouldn't even try it do you know what I mean oh I hear you. Um, there's, a, there's a few tricks I'm like there's no way in hell I'm ever going to try Rainbow Marchenko I don't even care I'm fine <laughs> um, you know like I think it's amazing when people do it but yeah. I it's just how you like your dance style I don't yeah. like anything that is going to take me more than 10 seconds to get into oh god yeah <laughs> do you yeah, know exactly so <laughs> but there are some people that can do it without even blinking and that is amazing but if I had to take 20 seconds for me to get my foot oh, fuck that <laughs> I've lost my patience already um, so yeah um, but I do think that you know like costumes I always made all of my costumes all nice. of my costumes I've always made yeah you know like my makeup I had to I've, I've always been crap at makeup but you know like I had to do <laughs> ma- learn how to do a, a basic makeup at least to get on stage a basic thing. so yes so you know like the, other than like you buy rhinestones and you can make it a lot of it yourself mm-hmm. you know so uh, you don't have to pay 400 quid no for please, I don't want to put anybody out of work here if you do have it <laughs> you do it and you buy it yeah, however sure. I don't want people to think that I can't finance Mm -hmm. to be in a competition you know because it can be done on the cheap it really can i mean like uh, i'm i'm definitely the kind of person that i like i i I don't, well, I don't know why. Maybe maybe I'm just being too up my own self, to be honest, because, I mean, I've never really had to buy costumes for stuff because, again, fortunately, from being a performer, you're, generally speaking, you're provided until you start freelancing, and then, of course, you're providing your own things. So, like, I'm all about going to the sales. <laughs> I'm all about yes, going yes, to TK Maxx, yes. finding things that, like, okay, yes. as, long, as long as my foof isn't going to come out, then this is an outfit that I can make pretty, like, for sure. But, but you like, have a dance background. I do. I, I think people... Don't. When people have a dance background, you learn the mm. idea of it. True. And I think people that come into the pole industry, they don't have any dance background. So it's almost like they only get what the pole industry offers them. Does that make sense? That's very true, actually. Good point. Actually, I've never and thought about that And I also find... There are a lot of pole dancers, like um, I'm not talking about the professional or elite level, but a lot of people that come to the studio, they go, oh, yes, I'm not getting very good at this. You know, like, do you know the amount of discipline that dance takes? And that's, I don't, I think people pole dance, but they still don't have the dancer mind. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I mean, I think um, 
any for any of you that's definitely taken any of my my classes, even at a workshop or how I teach my Sudasi, my online program, I start everyone with ballet, like one hundred percent, and it is absolutely boring it's so annoying mm-hmm. like because it's basic it's so basic and well you'll know Vanya like just to learn how to do basic turnout and to use your legs properly or just do a plie which is just means to bend or a tondu which is just when you point your toe the anatomy mm-hmm. of what that means is so particular and mm-hmm. I I love it when I get a client who listens to what I'm telling you and then and then over a few weeks they learn to turn out because the first day of learning how to do a perfect tondu and lift your leg off the floor with both straight legs you will be dead the next day your thighs yes, exactly. are on fire and you're right like you, it's how many how many tondus do you think you've done in your life uh, Venia? oh bloody hell <laughs> couldn't millions, even tell you millions you know and no couldn't even tell you and it's funny because when i'm teaching my uh, my heels class i go ronde jean and they go huh? ronde what ronde what <laughs> Me too. And now they, they even tease me now because I use a lot of these terms, you know, developé and ronde jean and well, they're and real words. They, these are words from like three hundred, four hundred years of ballet, and yeah. and and yet we are dancers, but we don't know these <laughs> words, and no, no one expects to know, like I don't know, Bolshoi or Vaganova and all these like special no, words about no, ballet. No one's no. going to know that, but we are actually doing all these things. It is. I've always said this for years. It is wild to me that in. Um, in pole dance studios and pole dance classes, actually, there's not a basic level of ballet that's taught as a warm-up. I always find that really unusual because ballet is so useful for pole dancing. Oh, gosh, yes, 100%. I agree. Yeah. But I do think that, you know, like it depends because people still, some people come to the studio to learn and to embrace the whole of pole dance. But some people still come to the studio as, oh, I'm just trying to exercise. Yeah, true. You know, and if you, it's almost, I think that they just, some people just get bored. <laughs> and as silly as it sounds, you know, you've got a studio and you've got bills to pay, so you have to use yeah, the mainstream. Yeah. yeah, true. Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely you know, true. But, but quite frankly, I do work, run workshops at the studio. And one of the workshops that I suggested back in December and very, very shamefully, I still haven't offered, it was ballet hands. Literally, we we're going to just have classes oh on literally just Please, arms. How everyone. to use your arms, your shoulders, your elbows, your wrists. You know, oh. like not to have those broken lines. I love you those, so much, Vernia. Yeah, so you know, much. like those nice hands. <laughs> T-Rex fingers. T-Rex yeah. hands is what I'm looking at most of the time when I'm watching pole dancing. Because a lot of you are very good at getting your arms away from your shoulders and out of your body. But then it ends at the wrist. And it doesn't end at the wrist. It ends not even at your fingers, not even at your fingernail. It ends about four miles down the road. That's where your energy actually ends. Oh, my God. Everyone that's listening, please, for the love of God, go to Pole Effect and go to Vernier's arm class. Please. This is a difference between your your marks of like, like... It is, though. Like, I mean... There's a big thing at the moment, for sure, about not getting upset about uh, micro bends, which is fine. Because like, some people just literally don't have the perfect straight leg. And we understand that, I think. This is what I learned from judging at Pole Art the other day. So I think we allow people to you know, not necessarily have the perfect straight leg. That's fine. However... I do think that there should be a little bit more focus in, you know, just just having these parts. Like, just for anyone, go online, watch YouTube. There are thousands of ballet videos about arms, about straight legs. It's free. 
Like just mm-hmm. what just watch it a couple of times. Find one video that you like and just just copy and just repeat it, repeat yeah. it, repeat it, repeat yeah. it, repeat it. And also, but yeah, I understand about the whole micro bend. But then I do think that we need to learn how to do things to suit our body. Mm-hmm. So if inverting with both legs straight doesn't work for you, just make both really bent. Make it precise. <laughs> if it's going to be bent, it's bent. If it's going to be straight, straight. Top do you tip. know what I mean? There's nothing wrong. There's no nothing wrong with bringing your legs nice and bent and then develop hair as you're up in the sky. That's fine. You just you know. gave me you gave me your perfect best British nice gentle voice then, Vanya. Just develop it. Just develop it with a lovely bent leg. That was the most, that was the most British thing I've ever heard you say. It was incredible. <laughs> but you you had you literally had the perfect ballet vernacular then. That was so good. But I one hundred percent agree with you though. Like we don't need to have a straight leg. Okay, okay. If you're gonna do a split, if you're gonna do a jade, like at least have your legs okay, straight. Okay, yeah. We, if, yeah, if, that's fine. If you can't do a flat split, though, I would still rather see a slightly V, V jade uh-huh. with yeah, a straight leg. Yeah, that's me. Leg. <laughs> Is that's it? Me. No, it's not. A hundred percent. Oh, are you saying it's not what you mean? To, okay, yeah. I actually prefer to see less split and more straight lines. 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's then me. We, because then we know that that is literally the, 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 the straightest you is are. It, Really? Yes. And also, like, for example, like, let's say that a cartwheel or some people call it the fan kick, right? Yeah. I say to my students, I don't want it to go over your head. I prefer that it's like you just miss the puddle <laughs> with straight lines, you know, or pointed toes, then actually to come like clown feet yes. over the sky. Clown feet. So... <laughs> I think, you know, like I like clean lines and I must admit, you know, like we don't have clean lines all the time. We don't. I don't, don't. you know, like and then but I am not going to lie to you when I watch myself and I can see that micro bend personally. Mm. I don't, you know, I, I, it, it does kill me a little bit inside. That's just my own. I, I'm not judging anybody. No. You know, like people do whatever they want and they were able to at the end of the yeah. day. Um, but for me, like on my own lines, mm. but then again, it's because of my history and everything. I'm thinking, oh, Vern, yeah. Oh, uh, for sure. I mean, like I've already seen a couple of um, videos from EPC at the weekend of, of my routine and stuff like this. And like there was a lot of dance elements in that. And I loved it. <laughs> but I can I can see that there's a handful of moments where I didn't extend for some reason. I'm looking at especially like the the floor work that I did. I'm like, why the why the hell did you do it like that? I'm looking at myself, and it's because weirdly I I panic so much more about the pole than the dance stuff because I'm a dancer. I sort of let it just happen, and I sort of improvise naturally. A lot of it. Yeah, yeah. But organically. It, mean, it means though that I actually forget like the perfect straight legs and things like this and I really wind myself up because I I know that I can do better and I think like it on on the pole as well I I know what I want to happen I know that I can and I think is I've got um suede back legs as well which basically just means when you're looking at the leg instead of it just being a line down to the floor it actually sw- it bows back a little bit mine which, is the same yeah. so then we have to extend even more yeah 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 because even when they 
so you have to like your your knee goes almost back a little bit so it's like uh, i don't know what you call it but um but yeah so then basically like if i sit on the floor and i stretch my legs my foot comes off the floor yes which is it's a very ballet thing isn't it vonia like it's uh you know if you looked at a a picture of a ballerina you'll see that her her legs are bowing back and also the the men as well men men tend to have less of it just because like it's just different between men and women but generally speaking and that's that's what gets those beautiful positions because you're your legs look impossibly long um and it's trainable actually like you yes. just just anyone out there that's wondering what this means so if you just stand stand up now and then you know imagine you're stood at the bus stop and you just literally push back into the back of your knees you'll see if you have a slight bowing back of your of your leg okay this thing here is also it's like a top tip this is what makes your leg look longer and straighter <laughs> by going into this part however you have to be strong enough to do it because actually just sitting into the back of your leg it can actually cause quite a few issues with your knees can't it if you're not yeah yeah um, yeah if you're not strong enough i love talking about ballet this is so exciting i wasn't expecting no, I <laughs> i'm sorry we're going completely a little bit off pole, but it's still dance this you know, is, that's know. What it's all about. <laughs> this, is, this is the royal ballet podcast with, uh, with sophie and vernia right actually i'm gonna leave this here because we are gonna go straight into a second episode where we go we're gonna talk a little bit more about epc pole art and, of, and actually about putting dance and pole into boxes which apparently vernia does not like so <laughs> So we will catch you next time with the incredible Vernia Noble on the next public showering. Love you very much. See you next time. Thank you. If you're loving what you've been hearing in the public showering podcast, you have to experience Sadasi www.soduncan.com slash sadasi it's the online community that is everything you've been hearing in public showering plus so much more it's where you can get one-to-one help bringing all these ideas to your own work it's where you can learn new creative coaching tools not shared on the podcast that will blow your mind even more and it's where you can hang out and chat with other sadasi members just like you and help each other unlock your creative potential It's fun, it's chill, and I'm there for you when you need that little bit of extra support. So come join us at www.soduncan.com slash sadasi. It's been a pleasure to have you with me today. I'll see you there. Love you, bye-bye.